Welcome to Nintendo Dads, and this week it's a little bit different. We're not joined by any Canadians or Americans or Deep Southerners or wherever Tim Wolf is from. Instead, I've got Phil Myth joining me, and it's going to be a little bit different because uh, the rest of the guys have took the day off, and we're going to talk about some hands-on previews for games because it's been a slow news week. So, I'm going to insert this funky, funky music here right now, and then we're going to get on with the show. Right, and welcome to Nintendo Dads, and you all know me, it's Mr. Flackup Gary himself. Gary! I mean, it's weird introducing myself, I'm used to somebody else doing it. But I'm joined this week by Mr. Phil Myth from all the way over at the Nintendo Village, which is situated somewhere in the UK, right Phil? It is indeed. <laughs> so, what? basically this week's episode uh, is, a, is a little bit different, as I've already said. We're going to be talking to Phil about Gamescom, which is basically Europe's E3, right? And uh, yeah. Phil's played a lot of games that aren't out yet, or one is very close to being out anyway. But first, we're going to get into the news. And so, our news is brought to us by our lovely patrons at patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Dads, where for a little as a dollar you contribute and help out the show and change the world for us. And we give you all sorts of lovely content in its place as well. And so, Phil, it's been a very slow news week. Did you see that coming at all? <laughs> uh, yes, I guess I kind of did. After the, the massive direct drop last week, it kind of makes sense that it's been a little bit quieter this week. There's a couple of little bits and pieces, but nothing like overly mind-blowing. Yeah, so we've actually only got three things to talk about here. The first one is that NES and Super NES games are no longer being released monthly. So I think this is more about just just Nintendo not sticking to a schedule so much, right? And I've got a feeling that it's going to be just to fill in uh, software droughts. So is that is that the same sort of thing you're thinking, or do you think it's something else? Yeah, I think... I can see why they'd stop the NES games. They've obviously been dropping a couple, like two or three, sometimes four if you're Japanese, uh, every month since uh, it launched last year. So I think inevitably at some point that the NES games are going to stop. I'm a little bit surprised that the SNES games haven't picked up the mantle and they're going to be getting monthly updates now. Um, but, you know, that being said, they've given us 20 to start with. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely not short of games to play at the minute. So um, I'm quite happy for them to just sort of drop updates as and when, fill in some gaps in the release schedule perhaps. Um, so yeah, it's mildly disappointing, but because there's so much to play, I'm actually not that fussed. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, to be honest, I didn't touch half of the NES games. Like um, as cool as they are being there, I've just got other places to play the ones I want to play. And uh, I really like the NES Classic. I like the the look and the feel of it. And it's partly one of the reasons why I never brought the controllers for the Switch because hey, we've already got a controller with that. That's pretty much the same thing. And it's cool having the Super NES games, but I kind of feel that the Super NES games are going to be a bit more awkward for Nintendo to release. I don't think there's quite quite as many sort of... Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I'm questioning myself now. I was going to say I don't think there's quite as many like big, big games as the NES, but there was in a way, but they're all there's, there's more licensed games and third-party games, right? Yeah, and I think I, I'd be surprised if when they drop more games for the SNES... Uh, that they'll drop batches of them. It wouldn't surprise me if they release like every now and then. Like here's a SNES game and a couple more NES games. Um, they might do something like they might do a bundle where they release like all three Donkey Kong Country games in one go or something maybe. But I'd be surprised if um, if they release sort of batches of them like three or four at a time. I I, I do think it's going to be sort of one-offs, maybe with a, another NES game attached but i'm the same as you i didn't play a ton of the nes stuff i think the one i actually played the most was um dr mario versus with my girlfriend uh we played a few hours on that it was quite fun um and obviously jumped into super mario brothers again but i haven't jumped into a ton of them i played i think when it first dropped i played a couple of like the sports games and they're so hard they're so bad like in retrospect um but yeah other than that 
haven't played a ton of them. I'm looking forward to playing some of the SNES games again. Uh, I've already started Yoshi's Island because that's like that's my favourite non-Zelda game of all time. Um, so I'm already enjoying playing through that again. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think I, I, I didn't get the NES controllers, but I think I'm going to pick up a SNES one just because they look really cool. Yeah, you know, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I literally am doing the same thing. There's something beautiful about the SNES controller, and uh, it's it's almost timeless in a way. And uh, including the SL and SR buttons, it's it's going to open it up a little bit to a few more games. Um, and it's, I mean, it's either that or an eight bit, though, right? Yeah. And uh, and you of can't course, get more official than official. <laughs> yeah, and of course we get the the pretty one with the pretty colours rather than the horrible purple one which we could yeah. say because there's apparently no americans here this week <laughs> yeah they, they probably don't know what palmer violets are you know <laughs> <No>. the sweets <laughs> so yeah that's what they get for buttons yeah so so we, we it's not going to be battering the american market by the way <laughs> this this isn't what this nintendo dad's episode is all about it is a european you know euro boys takeover thing but it's 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 nothing like that so other than that we've got a firmware update this week which uh, is is kind of odd because it's got some things in which which sound good but they've not really executed very well i haven't managed to get some of these to work so um we've got like um online notifications for friend invites for games um have you had any success with this have you tried it i haven't tried it but so i saw the patch notes and it says that you know favorite caveat of nintendo's is with selected software yeah so i don't know what that selected software is as they didn't provide the list i haven't actually gone in and like tried to invite anyone to a game in mario kart or splatoon or anything so i don't know which ones come under that umbrella um it's it's one of those things where like okay that's cool that's a good switch online feature and yeah it still doesn't quite work the way you'd hope it to or yeah it's a bit bit weird and and to to forever be the critics right that's what we're yeah. here for uh, that's that's pretty much the Switch Online in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Is uh, it's got some decent things and some decent ideas, but my good god, the execution is awful sometimes. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's one step forward, two steps back. I've, I actually had a, a big rant about this on uh, on YouTube this week. So. <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of it's it's hit it's more miss than hit right and uh i mean some of the other features they also sound cool like the leds around the home buttons if you guys didn't know there is a little blue light around the home button and that's why it can look a little bit weird on the outside of it compared to the other buttons um and they've actually added a feature where that lights up not in the way you'd think right yeah so it's, it's tied to alarms now who on earth would use an alarm on the switch that's a different question all in all. Um, I was hoping it'd be more for notifications for online, if your friends go online, stuff like that. Like for me personally, I hate the little box in the corner sometimes during games uh, because it'll bleep at the wrong time and you'll miss a piece of dialogue or something like that. So I turned that off. Um, I would have liked that button to have replaced that, even though it's still kind of a, a distraction, but alas, no. That, that, that is not the case with it. It's just tied into the alarm. So what do you think about this, Phil? Do you think this is another big missed opportunity or do you not really care about it because I mean to be honest it is just a little LED right that's the thing I, it's kind of much of nothing really I mean the only use case I can think for alarms would be like if you've like thrown something in the oven and you think oh I'll go and play Mario Kart for a little bit whilst it's cooking and then you just get totally engrossed in the game you think oh bugger I've got to go and get my black burnt pizza out of the oven now um, so like set an alarm think go and get your tea he's like okay cool that's good but I other than that, I can't think why you'd set an alarm unless, you're like, specifically to remind yourself to get off your switch. Basically, like I've got train to catch or whatever. I don't. Yes, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But it's Nintendo. They're always weird. Maybe it's just made for the for the dads out there. So, fellow Nintendo dads, you got a reminder: um, give family food and <laughs> um, go to bed because family need you in the morning. Uh, so other than that the only other piece of news we got is is basically non-news essentially because it's another pattern file which which can lead to something but but the majority of the time doesn't right and this is for an odd one which i i can't see this ever materializing into anything and i think it's just there for the sake of if it does ever appear which is a hinged joy con so phil tell us about this one yeah, so I think the patent was actually filed in June, uh, and then it, it it got accepted or whatever uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
and it's weird because the pattern shows a couple of images. One of them has it literally like folds over in the middle, like from, from basically from the stick downwards, and from the buttons downwards on the right Joy-Con. Uh, but there was another image where the Joy-Con was almost like curved, and it seemed to have like several hinges along it almost. Um, and to me, it reminded me of the sort of controllers you see with like the Oculus Rift and things like that. Almost seemed like virtual reality controllers. <coughs> Excuse me. So that was sort of my first impression. And then a day or so later, we got another patent for a sort of virtual reality headset. So I don't know if they're linked somehow to what Nintendo's experimenting with virtual reality, which we know they are. They said they were a while ago. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I don't think this is likely to see the light of day. Yeah, we've seen all sorts of stuff like this in the past, right? With swappable buttons, and then the Xbox did it, not Nintendo, which which is one of the crazy things. But you know, they're th- they're things that they're just protecting um, for the sake of protecting. Sometimes, right? Yeah. So somebody could leave who's worked on these prototypes, go to another company and say, hey guys, look at this, this is the best. I, I, I had it from Nintendo, they didn't utilise it, they didn't patent it, so it's yours. Uh, this is just maybe the protection for that, right? And uh, I think that's always worth noting. I do, however, feel the same as you. I saw the patent for the VR headset as well, and I kind of feel that these go hand in hand, excuse the pun. <laughs> um, but... It's it's a bit of a crazy one. Like I I don't know I don't know if anything's gonna come out of this, um, but other than that, you know, this has been a slow news week, which which obviously is perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable after the blowout of last week, and and that's why we're doing this now. So we're gonna move on from the news, and we're gonna go on to uh, our discussion topic for this week, which is Phil's hands-on with a lot of games. Um, as I've previously said, Phil went to Gamescom in Cologne, Germany. Uh, so, Phil, tell us a little bit about the venue and the event and uh, your initial impressions of it. Uh, so, initial impressions are it's absolutely huge. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think I might say that it is actually bigger than E3, both in terms of sort of real estate that it takes up and the number of people that go. I think they have something like 300,000 people show up. Um, fortunately, uh, because I was there with Nintendo Village, I had a press pass, so I got to go on the first day, and there weren't 300,000 people there, so it was a lot shorter queues, it didn't take me quite as long to play everything, there was still a fair whack of people there, but um, but no, all in all, it was awesome, Like there was like 11 halls, 11 different halls, all the stuff in, and Nintendo had a pretty decent presence there, there was a bunch of indies there as well, which was always cool to see, um, but yeah, overall it was just it was awesome. I had a, a cracking time. Um, I hung out with the guys from Switch Player Magazine and Mike Nintendo 64 and also Nintendo Dad, who is another... No, sorry, Nintendo Dad, not Nintendo Dad. There's there's lots of Nintendo Dad people out there. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're all, they're all uh, fun guys that, to sort of hang out with, having a beer and stuff. Um, so, no, it was, it was a cracking time. Um, yeah, and I got to play a lot of games, which was good. Yeah, so one of those games uh, reviews have already started trickling out for... Uh, which is Damon X Machina. Now, Phil did a video uh, on the <laughs> Nintendo Village's uh, YouTube. I don't mean to shamelessly plug these things, but uh, it got met with some negativeness, right? And the reason is because of... Uh, well, I think people kind of took it as a review. Yeah, when I think it was, so. When it was only impressions after like a 10-minute hands-on, which I'll hold my hands up and say, like, yeah, okay, the it may well be the case that once you sort of get to grips with the game and you sort of know what you're doing properly, then some of my complaints will, will go away. Um, it was just that initial... There's a there's certainly a hurdle to overcome, I think, when you start play, first start playing the game. You need to sort of wrap your head around the mechanics, how your arsenal moves, how to control it, um, how best to optimise it for whatever battle you're in and things like that. Um, so, and obviously, a 10, 15-minute demo on the show floor at Gamescom with thousands of people all around you isn't the best place to sort of get to grips with that um but that wasn't the the full extent of my criticism i also as much as i love the art style like it looks really really cool but it's not really conducive to sort of great combat it's still kind of difficult to track things now apparently you can like unlock um items which allow you to lock onto enemies and stuff so that might might make things a bit easier but it's so difficult to start with that I wasn't particularly compelled to want to carry on playing in order to unlock that. It would have been something that would have been much more beneficial to have been there from the start. 
Um, so yeah, so the outside although it looks cool. It's difficult to track enemies against the background of it. They, they kind of don't show up very well, which is one of the criticisms that criticisms I had. Sorry, of the very first demo we got, um, which is the one they put out. Oh god, when was it? I think it was like back in February. Yeah, February. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and they're looking for sort of fan feedback and stuff, which they have addressed. So uh, back in February, there was just the enemies on screen, and now there's a little sort of black triangle with an orange circle in above enemies to help you locate them a little bit more easily. But because the, certainly the level I was playing on anyway had a sort of orange and red and black background, <laughs> those arrows didn't show up very well. Now on other levels, they may stand out a little bit better, which would be good. Um, but yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't massively enamoured with the game, which is a shame because it looks really cool and it's one that I kind of really want to like. And like the the level of customization and stuff on your arsenal and on your character itself, it's really cool. Um, I see. I saw something actually from uh, one of the reviews this week. Uh, if when you're upgrading your actual character, not your not your mech, but the character itself, if you get a double jump ability, you hack the guy's legs off and give him robot legs. And stuff like that. So it's actually it's actually quite cool to see the way that's been implemented. And like, if you have if you want a, like a beam sword weapon, you lose an arm and have a sword for an arm. So it's all this like kind of weird uh, customization of the character itself, which is quite cool. Um, but yeah, there wasn't. I'm going to play the the new demo again. Uh, I'm going to download it and spend some time with it and see if see if it gets its hooks into me. Um, but initial sort of first impressions were that. It had moved on from that initial demo in February, but not enough to really like hook me in. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's always awkward with with uh, newer franchises like this, right? Because they have to make a foundation before they can take a leap, and not every company out there can make a flawless first game. And that, that's always something to remember. But um, as, as Phil said, his impressions of it were in a busy uh, hall full of people. You only get 10 minutes. You don't get to go through the controls and the options and upgrade things. So Damon X Mac could be largely different in that respect. And I'm going to let you redeem yourself from the criticisms that you got for that video, Phil. Now, tell us a few good things about it. Tell us things that you really like and, and what you hope is in the in the final game when it hits. Yeah, so I do, I do, I do really like the art style, and I hope that once you're able to sort of track onto enemies and stuff, that spotting them or, and keeping track of them will be less of an issue, and then you can really enjoy uh, the art style. I actually thought the um, the voice acting was really good at it as well. It it's got that sort of like over the top anime kind of vibe to it, but you believe all the characters. Um, so I do, I do think the presentation of the game is really, really good, and. Like I say, the level of customization and things was great. I played with two different mech loadouts um, during the demo, and you could definitely notice the different with difference in them. Uh, one of the loadouts was apparently optimized for speed, which still didn't feel all that fast, but that may have been because I couldn't quite um, get my head around the boost in properly and things like that. Again, I need to spend more time with it. Um, but certainly, yeah. So there's it seems to be very deep in terms of the sort of stats and the way you can customize your character and the mech which i really like that's really cool i do like the art style i do think the presentation's great um remains to be seen how good and engaging the actual story is but uh certainly the initial sort of impressions of the presentation are very positive yeah and uh reviews have already started rolling out right and uh some of them are a little bit more critical than the others but uh generally it's floating around the good side, right? It's not. It's not outstanding. It's not exactly bad. I'm seeing okay's to goods, which is exactly where I kind of expected it to land after the uh, original demo. And uh, I mean, from from your impressions playing it at Gamescom, would you say that those sort of six and sevens out of out of ten are, are around where you'd say it land? Yeah, yeah, they seem about right to me. Yeah. Which is by no means means it's a bad game, by the way. No, no. Like when you see, when you see when people see six point five in a review now, they sort of flip out and say, "Oh, why did you give it such a low score?" But that's still above mediocre, right? That's still in the realms of just getting to good. Yeah. So that's when you see one one at least say six point five, like IGN did with it this week, and then Nintendo Life gave it a seven, that that collectively is still a good game. Yeah, it's it's not from what I played, it didn't seem like a great game. But it definitely, by no means, felt like a bad one either. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it's decent. Certainly, if and if you're into that kind of thing and you're willing to put the time in to get to grips with it, I can imagine it will be really, really good. It was just for me, it didn't get hook me in enough initially to want me to put that time in. 
But again, I'm, I am planning on downloading the demo and spending some time with it sort of in my own living room and that actually sort of getting to grips with what's on offer. I've been trying to save myself from downloading this other demo because I want to just get stuck into the main game, but well, I, 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 I don't know if I can hold it, Phil. <laughs> well, you, your progress from the demo carries over. Yeah, so, that, that's that's what so I mean. Like, I, I was just trying to save it and then have like a big like five-hour session, which definitely wouldn't happen because I'd probably end up falling asleep because I'm getting old. <laughs> but still... Uh, yeah, so hopefully we should have some more Damon X Machina impressions next week and beyond. So look forward to that one. And uh, I'm hoping that I get stuck into this because, I, I, like most people, I really enjoyed the original demo. I saw the flaws. I reported back with what I thought was wrong. But I, I me personally, I really enjoyed it. And so another game that I really enjoyed. And, oh, my goodness, the nostalgia I have for this game completely through the roof. And I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be the same, Phil. This is Link's Awakening, the remake that's hitting the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it, it will be out next week if you're listening to this on release. So, Phil, please, please tell me this is good. It is. It's very good. And they've the sort of attention to detail in terms of remastering the original game it's weird, it almost has like an Uncanny Valley vibe because obviously it looks entirely different and yet still feels so familiar, um, which was kind of unsettling, but also like really cool, I really like that. Um, well, I will say that the, the build I played um, had little bits of slowdown in places and looked a bit jaggy in places, but it was an E3 build, so that build is like, you know, a good few months old now. So I'm hoping that the the final game when it drops at the end of the month will be a lot slicker. Um, but this I'm splitting hairs there. That's the only only negative thing I've, or vaguely negative thing I've got to say because it was it was awesome. It's so adorable. The art style is gorgeous. Um, the depth of field is really cool. I'm running around. I it's clearly been a while since I played this game because I sort of vaguely remembered bits and pieces and I started doing the trading secrets and things and then I went wandering into the forest to find dungeons and couldn't find one and so I clearly need to sort of like jog my memory on it and a little bit um but yeah no I'm I'm so hyped for it like it's I did play the original on the Game Boy back as a kid I actually didn't own it my brother had it um and I don't think I ever finished it I think I played like maybe halfway through something like that perhaps um but I'm really, really looking forward to sort of getting stuck into it properly. So for those of you who haven't played Link's Awakening or may not have completed it like Phil, it is it is on the short side, right? And that's one of the criticisms before anybody's even got this in their hands is that it's it's very expensive for such a short game, especially a Game Boy game, essentially. Because, I mean, it, regardless of how you up the graphics and stuff like that, it's still a Game Boy game. Me personally, I'm going to get that use. I'm going to get that use out of that money because I play this probably at least once a year. Uh, there has been times where I've finished it and then instantly gone into another file and started it again. I, there's just something about it. That it's not very often I could do that with games, but Link's Awakening is... It, it's where I got my love for Zelda from, right? And I know a lot of people uh, maybe started with uh, A Link to the Past, but I didn't own a Super NES. Or they started with Ocarina of Time because, I mean, let's face it, that was like the defining game for that era, in my opinion. Um but Link's Awakening just it just made road trips something special, something altogether better, you know? <laughs> Tilting a Game Boy to try and get street light in the back of a car <laughs> at night is is something that kids will never know the, the, the pain of anymore. <laughs> and worm lights, regardless of how cool they look, look they just didn't work, right? <laughs> yeah. So so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I, like I said, I've completed I couldn't even tell you how many times I've completed it. Um, yes, it's short, but every second of it I've really enjoyed. And Phil, you're you're in for a treat if if you're going into this without knowing every every twist and turn. Maybe you won't get surprised by anything, but at least you'll be experiencing it for the first time, which is something that I'm actually envious for because I wish I could experience uh, Link's Awakening all over again from the very beginning. So that's that's what I'm so excited about. I I can't wait to actually play through this game properly um, and really invest the time with it. Um, and like yeah okay I know people are saying that maybe it's a bit overpriced but at the end of the day it's a Zelda game yeah you know what I mean and it's not like a spin-off it's not a, a Triforce Heroes it's a proper Zelda game um, so I'll I'll happily pay 60 quid or whatever it is for a Zelda game anytime one releases um, so no I'm, I am 
absolutely. I'm really, really hyped for it. Um, it's not the game I'm most looking forward to this year, but I'm sure we'll come on to that shortly. But um, I can't wait to dig into it properly. So yeah, we we have been trying to to do these in order of release, and uh, I can't remember the last couple of games when they released. So we're gonna go for the main main um, first party Nintendo games, and next after Link's Awakening is of course Mario's younger brother heading towards a hotel this time instead of not a mansion, but it's still called Luigi's Mansion, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this because I, I've played through the other two Luigi Mansion games, which is Luigi Mansion and Luigi Mansion Two, or Dark Moon, as you, as the guys in North America know the second one as. Um, I've loved both of them equally as much, even though they are very different in ways. Uh, I've played the arcade game, and that's amazing. Like that, that like I want that more than anything. By the way, I'm so jealous of that. I really want to play it. Next time oh. I'm down your end, we're going to go play it. Yeah, we, we, we'll make it a mission for me and you. To, you know what? We'll make a documentary called Finding <laughs> Luigi Mansion. It'll be a Netflix exclusive. We'll get lots of money. It'll be fantastic. But Luigi Mansion 3 also looks different. So what are your impressions of it? Did you play 1 and 2? Is it different to those in, in big ways? How is it? How is it special? How is it unique? So I haven't actually played the second game on a 3DS. But I played the crap out of the first game. Um, I got my GameCube on launch day. That was the game I got with it. It was the only game I got with it. Uh, that was a Friday afternoon after school. And I finished Luigi's Mansion on the Sunday morning. Obviously, I had no other games to play. So I just went straight back and started playing through it again. And I absolutely adore that first game. So when this was announced, when Luigi's Mansion 3 was announced for Switch, um, I was hyped. I was, like, I was really looking forward to it. I couldn't wait. Having played it at Gamescom, it is the game that I'm most excited for this year. Yes. It's so much fun. And the being set, not technically in a mansion and in a hotel, but having the different sort of areas and themes for each floor means the game is going to be so, so fresh all the way through. Um, it's It's got that same sort of like creepy vibe that the first game had. Like, that I... There were moments in the first game that I was genuinely scared. <laughs> like, as, as stupid as that is. I mean, okay, I was only a kid, but still. Um, and it's got that similar kind of vibe. Uh, but it was so much fun. The puzzles was, were great to play. Uh, using Guiji to go through spikes. But not just to go through spikes or things to, like, activate. It's got that, you know, that sort of almost co-op thing where one person stands on a button to raise the platform and then you've got to activate the thing and move them down and blah, blah, blah got all that kind of stuff in there so i'm excited to see like what other puzzles uh are in using guigi and some of the other um items that luigi's now got so the um the plunger you can shoot out is fantastic like shooting that onto like i think i was in a cellar at one point and i shot that onto like a big uh, wine barrel and then using the poltergust to then suck up the plunger and pull the door off the barrel it's just so cool and it unlocks like so many different ways you can move around and interact with the world uh i actually had so honestly i can't stress how much fun i had playing that demo um i also got to do like a little bit of a boss fight towards the end and again using the plunger to fight onto the shield and pull the shield off the guy and, and all that that was really cool i will say it was kind of awkward to control a little bit um because i had to keep the torch charged up which meant pressing one button but i also had to move around with the left stick to avoid attacks and then keep aiming at the enemy with the right stick so i had to sort of do this weird almost like track and field arthritis claw thing to like keep focused on the thing so i'm hoping that um again once i spend like a little bit more time and sort of get my head around the controls a little bit more it'll feel a bit more natural or maybe you can remap some of the things i don't know we'll see um but that again that tiny grab aside i'm I, I'm so, so hyped for this game. Honestly, I it was almost the most, if not the most fun, I had playing a game at Gamescom. There was one other game that I had a ton of fun playing, but I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but no, it was it was fantastic. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I was smiling all the way through the demo. I, I'm so excited for this game. Now, um, an interesting thing about you saying that about the controls, right, is um, I take it you didn't play uh, Luigi Mansion when he got ported over to 3DS? Uh, I th actually, I think I played it very briefly at EGX with EGX, you last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they added something into that because I completed it through that as well, um, where you could control the the, the way you're, you're looking and your angle by tilting the controller up and down, 
which at first felt really awkward, but it makes situations what you're talking about there easier because you don't have to you don't have to use the right stick. You can literally tilt the tilt the thing up and down, which is similar to what they did with Splatoon 2, right? Where they they yeah. simplified the controls by by adding the gyro to it so that you don't have to do too much at once. Yeah, so um, if they if they add if there is that option for gyro control in there, then yeah, that will solve that problem. No end. Like that would be really cool. I hadn't actually thought about that, but yeah, that that would be a, a really good solution to it. Um so yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Hope thankfully we've only got like a month and a bit to wait. Yeah, and I mean Luigi Mansion, I know I know I said um on the on the show last week that I might be skipping it. I I'm, I still might be skipping it and it's not anything to do with the game in itself it's just that there's so much of a backlog now and there's so many games coming out and and being a part of a podcast like this and having a team of of a lot of people there's always going to be somebody covering something and uh, you're in favor cover something else right i really want to take damon x machina and 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 play that and I will be playing that and Link's Awakening up until the point where Luigi Mansion comes out. So it doesn't make sense for me to get it on launch as much as I'd love to. So I'm hoping to play that around Christmas, which is the wrong time period, right? Because it comes out on Halloween, the perfect day for a spooky yep. game like this. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It does look really good. As I said, I'm a fan of Luigi Mansion. I've played pretty much everything from it so i'm gonna to have to get around to this eventually <laughs> yeah no you, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't honestly it's great and another game which which we played a lot of since i was like so so small <laughs> was pokemon now i know pokemon sword of shield was also a gamescom and you got to play that as well so i've got i've i'm holding back because i don't i i'm not excited for this game uh, I know a lot of people are, and and that's fantastic. Each of their own, and and all that. But there has been a bit of backlash over the internet, and uh, in some ways, I I also feel like some of that backlash is completely undeserved. So, um, give us some pros and cons of Pokemon, right? Because everybody's seen the footage, everybody's seen the new features. So, talk talk about the good and the bad, and how they sort of equal out with this one. Uh, oh Christ, right? Um, so. I suppose on the pro side, like some of the animations and stuff, the battle animations, especially on the Dynamaxing, looks really cool. Um, it does look good, but and it's it's solid. Like there's no, it's not bad. My the but the main and my big criticism of it is that it's just so familiar. Yeah. Even even with the Dynamaxing, like okay, way the Pokemon's big, but then the battles play out exactly the same. And I even I was. So the the demo I played, I was in the water gym, and during the battle with the gym leader, um, she Dynamaxed one of her Pokemon. But the Pokemon I had out, even though it wasn't Dynamaxed, was still super effective. So it was still doing like quite considerable damage to it. I think he took like three or four hits before he died from the Dynamaxed Pokemon as well. It would have been three because they only have it exists for three turns. Um, so. It wasn't like, oh, Dynamaxed, I'm in so much trouble, I'm going to get owned like straight away. It was like, no, he was able to stand up, take his lumps and, and fight back. Um, so in that regard, it, it felt even more gimmicky than it otherwise needed to. Um, and to be honest, the gym itself didn't blow me away. It was kind of bland, like the way it looked. Now, I will add a caveat to that and say that the gym was kind of set in this sort of like, watery biodome kind of thing so it may just be that that was the vibe that they're going for in that location but it was just literally like i was in a big blue ball with walkways that i had to walk around and there was waterfalls that had to turn on and off so it was very very basic pokemon gym puzzle to solve took a little bit of time and back and forth and stuff but nothing particularly taxing um there were trainers in there to battle but everything plays out the way you expect it to in a Pokemon game. Um, if I wasn't playing on the Switch, you could have told me that I was playing Sun and Moon or X and Y or Omega Ruby and I wouldn't have known any different because um, I'm not that familiar with those games. So, yeah, the only thing, like, it's not bad, but it's it's Pokemon. It's just Pokemon. There's nothing, nothing amazing there to, like, really knock you for six. And I think that's part of why there's been so much criticism online from what we've seen so far is that people were kind of expecting Pokemon's first 
foray onto a home console in terms of like the core franchise, the core series, to be like a Breath of the Wild reinvention almost, or or just something that was bigger and better. And instead, we've just kind of got X and Y in a new place with some slightly snazzier graphics. I was gonna say it's funny you say the Breath of the Wild thing because I do you, I feel that Breath of the Wild's almost damaged gaming because the the <laughs> big like re sort of reimagining of what this historic franchise could be and we we hear that repeatedly going through every new game that's had a previous instalment. So people were saying it about about Fire Emblem that it's going to be like the Breath of the Wild to what Fire Emblem was, and we heard it with Mario Odyssey. And to be honest, I don't feel like any other game has done that sort of. Re- redevelopment to the point of Breath of the Wild and I definitely don't think the Pokemon looks that way. Now as someone who's played um, the majority of the Pokemon games um, I have found myself drifting with the last couple uh, on the 3DS and I don't know if it's just that I've grown tired and maybe I've seen too much of, of the game but I really really liked Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and I, I I really like that system to the point where I kind of don't want to go back now. So, did you pick up Let's Go, Picture and Eevee? And, and, and if so, how does it compare to, to what you've seen so far of, of uh, Sword of Shield? Yeah, so I got uh, Let's Go, Pikachu, uh, which I love that game. I still haven't actually finished it, um, it's just because I've been playing other bits and pieces. Um, but I do really, really like that. Um, I do kind of wish that um, normal battles were there, rather than just sort of throwing Pokeballs at wild Pokemon but that's like my only criticism of it um, it's great I actually think from what I played of Sword and Shield I actually think Let's Go looks better just graphically yeah. um, which is weird like you wouldn't expect but um, yeah so it's I, again I really like Let's Go Pikachu um, and I was happy with that as a filler or like a sort of stop gap to what I thought was going to be a slightly fresher take on Pokemon. Now, it may be the case that Sword and Shield's sort of story or whatever does change things up a fair bit. And what I will say is at the end of the gym, rather than a badge, I got what appeared to be like a piece of a, med- a larger medallion, like one large medallion. So there may be some variations in terms of that and how that plays out. I'm not entirely sure. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, no, I think... Like one of the reasons why people got so excited about the reinvention of Breath of the Wild is because the the Zelda sort of formula had stayed kind of static for what four games, what five games say Ocarina, Majora's, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, yeah. So those those five games kind of same formula. Pokemon's had what eight gens now, nine gens, and they've all followed the same formula with the exception of. Um, Sun and Moon um, which had the sort of slightly different bit with the different islands of things so it it does it needs something fresh and I don't think Dynamaxing or Mega Evolutions or whatever tweaks they want to make to the battle system is going to be it I think it needs something fresher in the in the overworld itself and I don't think curry is the answer <laughs> <laughs> no but that does make it more delicious right <laughs> right yeah so, uh, speaking of delicious, pixelated goodness with Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Now, did you get to play those pixely levels? I didn't get to play the pixely levels. Oh. But, um, we did actually know about them at Gamescom. They, they, I think they only just revealed them in the Direct last week, didn't they? So, um, But, well, I did get to play. It was, to be fair, between what I played at Gamescom and that trailer in the Direct, it's the first Mario and Sonic game that I'm actually vaguely interested in. I still don't know if I'm going to pick it up. But it's still, I think, oh, maybe. Like, if I saw it cheap somewhere, I'd think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll grab that. Um, so I got to play which games did I play I played the surfing which wasn't great I played the karate which was awesome uh, I played the skateboarding which was kind of cool uh, and I played the 110 meter hurdles which again wasn't great and there was another one I played that was really good as well I can't remember what it is off the top of my head but oh archery that was it yeah the archery was really good um, and that's sort of usually what you get with these kind of mini game things like some games are really good others aren't that great and then you hope it sort of balances out and then it's more good than not um so it'll be interesting to see obviously they're adding um, like a story mode to it this time around and if like say they've got those sort of retro games and stuff which could be quite cool they're almost, almost like track and field kind of thing um so 
Yeah, it's 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 fun. There's like there's nothing like major really to write home about. It's exactly what you would expect from a Mario and Sonic game. But yeah, it's it, it's a party game, right? It's when you yeah. when you got a lot of people over, maybe a few too many drinks or a few too many kids, one or the other. Because yeah. the kids the kids really like these games. Yeah, and, it's uh, one of them. It's one of them. If you've if you've played through if you played Mario Kart for an hour, if you've played um, Super Mario Party for a couple of hours, you've had a look at one two which one two switch and thought, eh, nah, maybe not. Then, then you you probably reach for my own Sonic, but um, it yeah, it's not top of my wanted list, but it, it again, it seems like another solid effort. There was a little slow burn on one two switch. Then it's it's going to slowly burn to the end of the uh, episode now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Mario Sonic at the Olympics party game. I think it looks good. I, I'm really interested in the pixely things. It, it looks goofy, like really goofy. Seeing eight bit yeah. and sixteen bit mixed and no extra animations being put in, which is the the really funny part. Like seeing them dive. Uh, off, a, off a diving board and yeah, just basically just pixely spinning in the air was just brilliant and I think I think that's what is going to be like the biggest appeal for this game I think and this series I think they just need to go nuts with it and just just yeah. have stupid stuff I mean like there was things that were funny that like apparently everyone wears wetsuits and gloves and everything except Yoshi Yoshi's always naked <laughs> for some reason I don't know why um, so yeah a bit, bit random but no like yeah I hope they really lean into some of the more ridiculous stuff on it. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've I've enjoyed Mario and Sonic in the past. They've got their own mini games, not just the Olympic stuff, and they've always been the better ones. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. and and that's what I'm hoping this is. I hope it's got more more of the silliness, like you say, in it and and stuff like that. Yeah, the one thing that does that like really tempt me to get it, and it was just it was a two second clip in the direct, and that was there's football in it. And so, yeah. if there's anything like Smash Football, then I'm gonna buy it because I would kill for that franchise to come back. Those games were so so good, and this is the only like hint of Mario Football we've seen is like a mini game in Mario and Sonic. So I th- I thought you was gonna say it's seen um, uh, Wario with his top off, but we'll move no. on. <laughs> um, so you you played uh, something else uh, Sega related, right? Which is Panzer Dragoon. Yes, I had a, had a quick blast on that. I'd never actually played a Panzer Dragoon game before. I haven't um, either, so no. I can't comment too much. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was kind of fun. It's basically like Star Fox on the Dragon, but it's obviously less smooth than an R-Wing because it's like flapping up and down and things, so it's a little bit more difficult to sort of line up your shots. Well, it's not, like, once you get your head around it. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Again, like, not like a ton to report back, but I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Like, it was good fun. It, it does just kind of make me yearn for a new Star Fox game, though. Yeah, I, I don't know what I think, what how I feel about it. I, I saw the um, obviously we saw it in the direct or E three was it, and uh, I didn't I didn't really take too much interest in it. So if you're saying it's like Star Fox, though, it might appear back on my radar because man, I'm craving me some Star Fox. Yeah. So Indies, let let's quickly run through these because there was a lot of games come right and uh, and yeah. I, from my understanding, one of the Indies had one of the longest queues for you. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so that was Hollow Knight Silk Song, um, which obviously you would expect there to be a big queue for that one. Uh, I think I queued for about two hours. When I finished the queue, it was about three, three and a half hour long to play that game because they only had one station for it. Um, and it, it was great. Like it, Obviously, it could be because it started life as DLC for Hollow Knight, it looks and feels a lot like Hollow Knight um, mm-hmm. in terms of the vibe of it. But the controlling Hornet, who you play as, in, in this follow-up uh, does feel similar to Hollow Knight in some ways but she's also a lot faster um, and a lot more nimble uh, moving around which makes like traversal a lot easier which one of my sort of one of the sort of sticking points of Hollow Knight if you like um, is it was kind of slow going kind of difficult to get through the game because traversal is so slow it's a little bit obtuse you have to be patient with it basically Um but I think because it's a lot easier to move about, you can sprint, jump, um, you can jump and grab onto ledges if you don't quite make the jump, so the platforming is a little bit more forgiving in that sense. Um, I think it will make Silk Song a little bit more accessible than the first game. Um, like I say, it looked gorgeous. The boss fight I had was um, every bit as fun as the ones that were in the first game. So yeah, so that was really cool. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, any other indies? Uh, yeah, shut those. Right, shall I, shall I just run through them quick fire? Run so, through them. Rocket. Go so, for it, Phil. <laughs> next one was a game called Northgard, um, which is sort of like an RTS. I think it's been out on PC for a while, and it's been sort of like critically acclaimed. Um, it's really, really good, actually. Um, 
it sort of reminded me of sort of Age of Empires and Settlers, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was one of those where I sort of started out playing it and I thought, oh, okay, it's like an RTS kind of thing. But by the time I got to the end of the demo, I could feel it like getting its hooks into me. It's like, yeah, I, I want to set up my camp and I want to build this base out and I want to take over these territories and things like that. So that was quite fun. That could be one to look out for. Uh, the next one I played, which was the one I was most looking forward to playing after the Indie World Showcase we got uh, at the beginning of that week at Gamescom, was Skellboy. Um, that was a ton of fun. Uh, the combat was like really cool. So I don't know if people have seen the trailer for this, but if you haven't, go and check it out. Uh, but it's almost like two D sprites um, that have been sort of sort of popped out, so that they're three D almost. Um, so the art style is really unique. And I was I was chatting to the publisher um, on the show floor, and apparently the way that art style came about is it's a team of three that have made this game. And the girl who does all the art direction had never done any 3D animation before. So they, she literally just made 2D sprites and popped them out. And boom, there you go. You've got a unique art style. But it does look, it looks so cool. Um, the characters are all, it's really funny, really well written, um, really charming. I think it's out December the 10th, I think, if memory serves me. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. The boss fight I, I had at the end of the demo was really cool as well. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. Next up was a game called The Tourist, which is from Shinen, who the guys behind Fast RMX. It's nothing like Fast RMX whatsoever. Uh, if anything, it's more like Captain Toad, except you play as like a Magnum PI kind of dude, and you can also jump. And there's no combat in the game or anything. There's just sort of like puzzles to solve, and you move around these little sort of dioramas of islands. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous looking game. Um, the puzzles, again, were like quite fun and quite interesting uh, so I quite enjoyed my time with that one that's another one I'm really looking forward to um, I also went hands on with the console version of Two Point Hospital now it wasn't Switch version it was uh, the PS4 version but the main thing people want to know about a game like that that gets transitioned to console is how do the controls hold up because you used to move in and access and manage everything with a mouse it's really easy and then I'll control it it can usually be quite fiddly but within sort of two or three minutes I would I was navigating through menus, you know, second nature. It was it was really good. So they've done a really good job at putting that kind of control system onto a controller. So I'm really looking forward to playing that. I love Theme Hospital. And I've been holding off on Two Point Hospital and I hope it comes to Switch. I'm glad it's coming. Uh, the next one, and this is the one that I had as much fun playing as Luigi's Mansion. And that is a game called What the Golf. I don't think I've ever laughed so much playing a game in a long time. It was hilarious. So you basically start out and... The sort of first screen is it's like like a golf game basically, and uh, you move the direction and the arrow appears next to the ball. You hold A, the arrow sort of fills up with red. You let go and then the ball flies off to the goal. And so that's sort of like the demo, like to get your head around the controls and the thing. All right, cool, sound. You move on to the next hole and there's a golfer stood there next to the ball. It's like, all right, cool, right, okay, different course, sound. You move the arrow, you aim, you hold up A to get the power up, you release A, and the golfer flies off towards the hole, <laughs> not the ball. And it just, every single hole is something more ridiculous and insane and hilarious than the last. It was so, so funny and so unexpected. I'm sorry, I probably just ruined the, the entire hook of the game now. But this is the thing, every single hole, you think they can't come up with something else that's going to be funny, and every single one was. Um, so that was a ton, ton of fun. I think that's going to be a great game. I'm definitely, definitely going to pick that one up. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, another one that I played that wasn't on Switch, but is coming to Switch, was Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, uh, which I played on the Xbox booth. Um, that was actually really, really good. Whereas the first game was obviously an homage to sort of Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64 and, and that sort of N64 era of classic 3D rare platformers. This is very much... This very much harkens back to... Um, Donkey Kong Country and the sort of SNES 2D ones and I think it's going to be a much better game for it because it's it's much simpler in sort of execution um, but the the level design was really cool Yuka uh, and Lenny felt really great it was almost like a Yoshi's Island-esque health thing so you don't have health per se um, but if you get hit by an enemy um, Lady flies off and starts panicking and if you don't grab her soon then she disappears and then you're just stuck with Yuka and if you get hit again you're dead you have to start again Um but there are certain like bells you can get to, sort of checkpoints throughout, and when you hit a bell, lady comes back. So that was quite cool. Um, the level design, like I say, was great. Uh, I played two different levels, again, really dead varied. Um, so I think that I think that could be that could take the sort of because the, the, it was the charm of ukulele, obviously, that everyone really liked that came back. Um, so I think it's going to take that and build on it, and I think it will be a much 
solid, much more solid game. Obviously, I think Platonic will have learned a lot from the first lot. Um, and they're obviously in a much more sort of stable position now where they can sort of, okay, like really hone hone the game to its best. So I'm looking forward to that one. And then the final one I played was a game called Europa, um, which I think also came out on Steam either early this year or towards the end of last year. Um, and that was, it's kind of Super Mario Galaxy meets Deblob. Blob. Um, so you're, it's a weird one because it's it's kind of physics based. So on Super Mario Galaxy, gravity is at the center of whatever planet you're on, right? So you could just sort of run around it and run around it and run around it. In Europa, gravity is always down, like it would be. So, but you've got suction cup feet kind of thing. So you can walk on the side of planets and, and the bits of sort of terrain that you're on in certain ways. And walking up the side of one when gravity is down, you can walk to the edge and then you just sort of plop onto the next bit. But if you walk off in the wrong way, you'll fall to your death. It's it's really difficult to explain and it's kind of, it took me a little while to get my head around. Um, but once you do, you kind of start... Okay, so right, you start understanding the way the physics work in the game and the way it plays out. Um. And then you start, okay, so I understand it now. Now I can solve this puzzle. And then you start understanding, okay, the puzzle design in it is really, really clever. It's essentially a puzzle game using this physics as you're moving around. Um, so, yeah, it's all of the indie games I played, I, I enjoyed playing. There wasn't any I played before, and eh, I'm not really into that. Um, so, yeah, and it was a good showing from the indie front. I think the, the big ones, the big ones to pull out were What the Golf. I had, honestly I had so much fun with that. Um, Skellboy, I really, really enjoyed. And uh, I also I think the next ukulele game is going to be great. Yeah, the indie scene just seems to have gained a load of good games again. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of strange when we have these little directs because you hear people saying, oh, it's either the best one ever or they're not so, not so fussed. But this one seems to have a lot of good games that sort of got overlooked to start with, but you start hearing more and more about them and they're looking better and better. So I'm looking forward to a good couple of these as well. Uh, so yeah I mean a lot of them will start releasing uh, a bit later on in the year and, and onwards so it's going to be cool seeing seeing more on some of these games Yeah. and one last thing I want to ask you I know you probably didn't get a chance to play but the Switch Lite was at Gamescom any thoughts on it? it was are you there. excited for it? yeah it, so it was there it wasn't there playable it was just like in a case we got to have a look at it um, I have to say it does look a lot better up close than um, you'd think like it, it it made me want one. Like look at looking up close, it did look cool. I will say the yellow, look, excuse me, the yellow looks a lot dirtier in person than it does on the <laughs> on the promo <laughs> images. I if I was going to pick one up, I'd probably go for the turquoise one. Um, I I wasn't going to get one. Then I was thinking I would, and then Nintendo released the sort of update to the OG Switch with the better battery life and everything. So it it removes a massive USP for me. It was the better battery life. Okay, cool. That's something I could potentially pick one up for but now for the sake of an extra like whatever it is 60 quid which a set of Joy-Con would set you back that much anyway I might as well just pick up another OG Switch and get the better battery and screen for that one so it's a weird one the Switch Lite I don't quite understand where or why or who it's pitched to apart from those Nintendo fans like you and me who are like yeah no I'll buy another console that's the same as the one I've already got it's the bits of the same people who have got like 12 3DS's basically um, I think uh, so yeah no it's like it does look cool if you don't already have a Switch and you want to get one but you're never going to play docked I don't know why you wouldn't get the Switch Lite and just save some money and get a bit, 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 bit of better battery life try saying that three times fast um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a funny one. It looks okay. I don't quite understand why it exists really, because it's a switch that doesn't switch. But I'm sure it, that there's a market for it. So yeah. Yeah, the adverts are out in full force now. They're everywhere on TV at the minute. Especially yeah. especially if you've got uh, young kids and they watch uh, children's TV, you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, Link's Awakening and uh, and Switchlight adverts. Yeah. Right, and so I think we should move on to what we've been playing. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the main thing... So I've been playing... I've just finished uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, that was cool. Uh, 
the post-game levels are really, really challenging. Like, it's worth sticking with it. It's fairly simple to get to the end of the game. But those post-game levels make it all worth it. Um, and finding all the secret stuff is a challenge anyway. So I, I, I've enjoyed my time with Yoshi's Crafty World. I think it's gotten a bad rep. I think it's a really good game. Um, I've also played... Still playing bits and pieces of Cadence of Hyrule. I'm really, really bad at that game. I'm also still working my way through SteamWorld Quest. Uh, but the main thing I've been playing the past week is Smash because Banjo's out. And Banjo is great. I love it. He plays so well. The nostalgia is off the charts. The music is so good. I, I, it just makes me so, so happy that he's in there. Yeah, I picked up the Fighters Pass for Banjo. And my goodness, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, well, and they, I should say, because Kazooie is yeah. there. But uh, yeah, I totally made uh, uh, something special again, once again with Smash Brothers. And uh, I, I didn't feel myself getting too too uh, enticed in with Smash. Like when I picked it up, I thought I'd really be like stuck on it night and day. But uh, after after seeing how the online panned out, I, I lost interest fairly fast because that's that's the mode I was hoping would be solid. Uh, but Banjo and Kazooie being back in it, I've I've i too been playing that quite a bit. Um, Counts of Hyrule, yeah, it, it's tough, it's tough, but it, it's such such a good game. Like who for for a first like Nintendo indie partnership. I don't think they could have done it any better. Like it's such a good foundation, and I really hope that gets a sequel because it's it's just brilliant. Um, I too played SteamWorld Quest, and uh, yeah, I, I reviewed that one. A really yeah, yeah. enjoyable, really really enjoyable game. It you know yeah. it's not very often that you get short RPGs, and and sometimes it's it's exactly what you need because we we don't all have three hundred hours to put into Xenoblade. Or, or something like that so it, it is great and uh, I've just realised that I messed up my uh, notes and put Craft Our World for uh, Yoshi which I don't know if it's the German version or the Minecraft mashup but it, it definitely sounds like a new game yeah, so no, I, I, God, sorry no, carry I was, on Phil I was just going to say I appreciate you um, reviewing Seamill Quest because I might not have been able to take my time with it and just enjoy it and play it in bits and pieces which is why I'm still going now yeah <laughs> um, so I've been playing some uh, some of the Super NES games. I actually walked into the living room from work the one day to find that my daughter was playing Super Mario World, which is like, I I don't know how awesome that is. I, I can't quite get my head around how cool it is that not only did she see those controllers and have a curiosity as to what that icon was, but the fact that she went straight to Super Mario World is something entirely different. And the fact she was having fun with it because... Even though my daughter does play a lot of games and she can speed run Sonic Mania quite fast, <laughs> I always thought that would be quite difficult for her, which it was, but she was getting on with it um, and not rage quitting, which I, I, I'm terrible at, at Mario World and I'm, I will admit that. And yes, I did rage quit that. And other than that, I've been playing As Astral Chain, Astral, 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 <laughs> which I always struggle with the name of Astral Chain. Easy for you to say. It, it is. Um, that that was a stutter. It, 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 basically, we record this onto a record before we upload it onto uh, iTunes, and that's what it was. Yeah, it's um, for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, Astral Chain. Oh, you know, I'm mind blown by this game. The intro is is probably the best opening to a game on the switch so far i right, now, really i'm enjoyed I, it i know we're doing a show and like people want to hear impressions and stuff but i've got this game and i haven't had a chance to play it yet and i kind of don't want you to spoil it for me because I've, oh, I've heard nothing but great stuff about this game so i'm really really excited to get some time and dig in i'm hoping i'm gonna get to this weekend yeah, I'm not going to say much and no spoilers. Um, but basically, I've been really enjoying it. I'm not too far through it yet. Um, as people who listen to this show know, um, I don't play games. <laughs> In fact, I think I hate games. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, lot, a lot's been happening for the past couple of weeks for me and it's getting it's getting harder and harder to find some gaming time in. So I'm not too far ahead. So uh, I think I've only played it for like two hours. So there's, there's pretty much no spoiler territory at all. But uh, I'm not going to say anything about what's in the game. Other than the fact that it's platinum. If, if you guys have played uh, Bayonetta 2, um, 
expect that sort of sort of like grandness at the beginning uh, but it, the gameplay is very different which is surprising because I th- I was I was one of these people who expected platinum to only be able to make that one sort of game because if you played wonderful 101 bayonetta or pretty much any of their other games they are kind of really similar astral chain feels a lot different which is which is really good because it's still got that platinum flair and polish and and like interesting designs and stuff like that um but it actually doesn't feel like those games even though it does have elements like the slowdown on the dodges and stuff like that which all of their games have pretty much had um it does feel so fresh and new that it's actually i think dare i say it but so far with only putting this little amount of time in this is really a can a contender for game of the year for me wow yeah see this it's funny because i played so i played the demo for Wonderful 101 and the demo for Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U and I kind of like enjoyed what I played them but not enough to buy the game so I mm-hmm. haven't actually like played Bayonetta properly and so when Astral Chain was first shown was it E3 I think last year maybe um, I was kind of like oh yeah that's cool another Platinum Action game I uh, wasn't kind of bothered all that much and then it got shown at another Direct earlier this year and I thought oh that's kind of looking cool now and then the sort of the, the reviews and things started dropping, and everyone's like running and raving about it. And I watched like a few more bits and pieces about it, and I got really, really excited by it. And I bought it. Like it's the first platinum game, if you don't count Star Fox Zero, that I bought. Um, and and so I'm I'm really, really hyped to sort of really get in and spend some time with it. I, I know this is about what we've been playing and not about what we played in the past, but Wonderful One Hundred One. I I too felt the same about the demo as you. I was like, this is cool, but I'm not sure. I did pick it up because there was some offer on at the time with Pikmin, or I think I'm sure it was with Pikmin. I think you bought one and you got the other one for thirty three percent off. Yeah, I, I think right. I remember that. I remember um, that so I picked it. I picked it up because why not? Why not? Right? I mean, it's an offer. Um, we all know that I'm loaded. That is a joke <laughs> because I'm a working dad, and uh, yeah, um, Wonderful One Hundred One got incredibly good uh, after just after the point where the demo ends <laughs> and the, the jokes and the references and stuff like that and it, it just it was phenomenal and if there's one game that i really do want ported from the wii u it it is wonderful 101 uh as, as cool as it is getting uh you know donkey kongs and marios and uh, tokyo mirage sessions and xenoblades um this would be the single pick and I wouldn't say it's the greatest game on Wii U, but Wonderful 101 is the one that I definitely want to play again. And I want some of its minor flaws, like the some of the two... I mean, you come on, Wii U games, you had the two, you know, splitting your concentration between two screens sometimes. If you take that out, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, right, that's what we've been playing. That's that's pretty much everything summed up. Now, this week we're going to skip Community Spotlight because it's, it's, it's only fair that the questions go to all the other Nintendo dads. Uh, so we're gonna skip that. So we're gonna call it, call it an episode right now. <laughs> so uh, a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, which is Chris Mears, John Blanco, Dave Erzberger, and of course that guy, which we have no idea where he lives, Timothy All. Uh, we now have a website, which is NintendoDads.org. Org is organization and organized. Which it should be, because it's got all our social medias there, and that's where you can find everything that we create. Uh, we sell some sweet, sweet, sweet Nintendo Dads merch, so if you want bed sheet covers with our faces on, you that, that's completely possible. Don't know about the pants yet. Don't know about the pants. But if I know anything, I'm sure Justin Masson's going to bring those goods on Extra Life. And uh, you can find us on most places like Patreon, which is where you can also support the show. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube by typing in Nintendo Dads. It's as simple as that. Uh, you, you can also find us at... Uh, you can also email us even at podcast at nintendodads.org or call us and leave us a voicemail. This is mainly for the guys who are the other side of the pond at 92925NDADS or that's 929 929- Two five six three two three seven. If you want to have your voicemail on the show, and big thanks to OC Remix who have the music throughout the show. And you can download us from, you know, you can download us from pretty much anywhere. You know the deal right now. And so, thank you for listening to this special episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Phil, why don't you just uh, talk about a little bit about yourself to close the show out and uh, tell us about uh, what what you've been up to and where we can find you. 
Yes, and so you can find myself and my personal uh, Twitter is at PhilMyth. Um, obviously, you can go to thenintendovillage.com and we've got like reviews, articles, we've got loads of YouTube shows, um, news articles, uh, videos, podcasts, the full shebang. There's all sorts of stuff on there. Uh, and then you can also find Nintendo Village at Village Nintendo on Twitter as well. So go check all that stuff out. And, yeah. thanks for, and thanks for having me on. It's been cool. <laughs> no, been cool no to problem. Guess, yeah. You can also find my ugly mug over there as well if you want to read some written things that I've done with writings and pens. No, <laughs> not pens, computers. So thank you for listening. Yeah, there's, just a, there's just a scan of <laughs> some scribbling you've done. We put that up as an article. Yeah. <laughs> it's, re- it's really much better than that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making it sound bad. Thank you once again for listening, and we will catch you for our regular scheduled show next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads.